Hello everyone and welcome back. This is Girl Yayawai and I'm so happy to be reading Sudhamurthy part 2. So here I start. The guest room was clean and neat but had none of the trappings of wealth that filled his own house. Anand had tight clothes with him in his carry bag. He exchanged quickly and lay down on the bed, so utterly exhausted that nothing seemed to matter, not food or clothing or company. He just wanted to sleep. But the moment he, the moment his head touched the pillow, he heard a sweet voice say, "Darling, you're handsome and irresistible. You are the very picture of Manmata." When I saw you today, through the branches of the Parijata tree, I fell in love with you immediately. Anand was dumbstruck. For a minute, he thought that his imagination was playing tricks on him. He could make out, of the, out from the voice that the person who had spoken was a young woman, and he was so startled by what she had said that he was wide awake now. He looked around carefully, but there was nobody there. Anand was tall and fair, and had curly hair and a charming smile. His cousin Anasaya, his junior in college, often came home and told them the stories about Anand that were being circulated in the ladies' room of college. Girls would follow him just to walk and talk to him, and Dr. Desai himself often said, I wish I had a daughter. I would have made you my son-in-law. He had every quality that a young girl could desire in a man. He was not only handsome, but well-bred and intelligent too. Anand smiled at himself in the mirror. Who could have seen him there and fallen in love with him at first sight? Outside the birds were chirping, the fragrance of parajita flowers wafted in through the windows. Anand sat on the bed and waited for the voice to resume speaking. But there was absolute silence. He felt ashamed of his presumptuousness. How could have imagined that someone had never seen had fallen in love with him? He was about to lie down when he heard the same clear sweet voice once again. I feel I have been waiting for you for many lifetimes. You are my ideal man. Now Anand was sure that he was not imagining things. Somebody was talking to him. The words were coming from the other side of the wall. The woman was apparently explaining how she had fallen in love with Anand to a friend, but he could not hear the other person's reply. He felt more than a little awkward about what he had overheard, but perhaps that was the way girls usually spoke to each other. He was not sure. His, his sister, Garija, was always so aggressive and wrapped up in her own world that they were hardly close. Anand rarely had even a casual conversation with her. He often got of bed and stood with his ear to the wall so that he could hear even the softest whisper, whisper from the other side. He assumed that the couple of girls were discussing him. Love is not a commodity that you can buy after putting it into test. It is not something that you can buy after consulting others. It is not sold in the market for money. When you see a man and your pulse start racing, your blood begins to sing and you yearn to spend the rest of your life only with him, sharing his joys and sorrows. That is love. 
It is irreplaceable. It cannot be crushed under any circumstances. Who he is or what his family is or where he works is immaterial to me. I love him wholeheartedly. I do not know whether he loves me or not. He may not even be aware that there is someone who loves him so much. But my love for him is as firm as the Himalayas and as clear as the water of Manasawar. This declaration of love, notwithstanding the sweet voice and the sweeter words, was so theatrical that Anand was astonished. In a voice filled with sadness, the girl appealed humbly like Rohini to Chandra, like Lakshmi to Narayana, and am I to him. Just as the creeper depends on a tree, I depend on him. I cannot live without him, and for his sake, I am ready to renounce everything. Let society say anything it wishes, I do not care. In between the conversation, he could hear the clinking of bangles. As far as he knew, Tutu Desai has two sons. Srinath was married and his wife was a doctor in the U.S. For the sound of the voice that he just heard, he guessed that the girls was not more than twenty, and there was no young girls in Dr. Desai's house. Hoping to hear more, Anand waited a little longer, but there was a complete silence. Anand stepped away from the hall and went towards the adjacent room, hoping to see the love-struck girl. The door was closed but not latched. With great hesitation, he pushed it open, but to his surprise, there was nobody there. There was not even a trace of anyone having been there for a minute ago. Disappointed, Anand went back to his room. The sleep had vanished completely, so he sat on the bed and tried to recall what happened. Was it a hallucination or a dream? He was unable to figure out the answer, but he wanted to meet the girl who had fallen in love with him at first sight from behind the Parijata tree. He wondered if she was as sweet as her voice. It was evening and the professor was deep in conversation with his friend. Normally, no senior doctor went to the hospital in the evening, but Dr. Desai was particular about making the evening rounds, talking to patients and spending more time with his visitors. And when senior doctors like him were so consistentious, juniors like Anand could not miss the evening rounds. Anand was in the professor's waiting room, preparing some notes for the day's next class. Dr. Desai had told him firmly, Anand, I am meeting my friend after a long time. If there are any visitors, tell me I am not there and deal with them yourself. As Anand sat at his desk, he kept remembering what had happened in Dr. Desai's house the previous week. He was still perplexed by the incident. He had expected to see the girl whose voice he had heard at lunch, but the only other person present has been Vasumati's brother and Srinath. He had not told Vasumati about what had happened. Vasumati and Dr. Desai had a droll sense of humor, and it was quietly Vasumati would embroider the whole story and even tell his mother, Radhaka, about it. A female spirit in the house is haunting Anand. Perhaps she is enchantress, Mohini. Is this Mohini from the college campus, or did he meet her somewhere else? 
get him married as quickly as possible, she would say. Anne and she were at the mere thought of putting himself in such an embarrassing situation and felt it would be the best to remain silent about what had happened that day. His reverie was interrupted by a sweet voice. Excuse me, can I meet Dr. Desai? Anne looked up for his note. He was stunned to see a young girl of extraordinary beauty standing before him. He had met countless girls over the years, but never had he seen anyone so startling, so lovely, with her beautiful large eyes, exuberant complexion, and her face framed by long, jet black hair. She looked like an apsara. She was wearing a green cotton sari with a blue border and blue blouse. When she smiled at Anand, deep dimples appeared in her cheeks. The expression on her face suggested that she was accustomed to such a reaction, and she repeated her question, Can I see Dr. Desai? I'm sorry, Dr. Desai is not here, Anand said, remembering his surroundings. But that's not true. I know he's here. I'm sorry, you cannot see him now. Why didn't you tell me what you need? Anand wanted her to stay for some more time. For a moment, she frowned. Then her brow cleared and she said, Will you kindly tell him that Anupama has come? What an apt name, thought Anand. She was truly incomparable. In that case, will you wait here? I'll go and tell him that there's a patient waiting for him. Anupama smiled, like a barrette of lava blossoming at the touch of a dewdrop. Excuse me, I'm not his patient, mister. Uh, I'm Dr. Anand. Oh, I see. She never got a chance to finish her sentence as Dr. Desai and another gentleman came out then. He looked at Anupama and exclaimed, Anu, how long was the way for you? Here you are, chatting pleasantly with Anand, while his old man sits inside waiting for you. I was about to leave now. Uncle selling tickets is not an easy job. I had to coax and cajole people to buy them, and I've been here for a while. For a moment, Anupama was in a quandary. What was she supposed to say that Anand had prevented her from going in? She quickly collected herself and said, Let it be. Now, which ticket should I give you? Oh, Anu, I forgot to introduce you to my friend, Dr. Rao. He is a principal of Arts College. You may know him. And this is Dr. Anand, one of our most brilliant doctors, who is surely going to England for further studies. He is one of the lucky ones blessed by both Saraswati and Lakshmi. Sir, please, Anand mumbled, embarrassed. Dr. Desai ignored him and continued, Anand, this is Anupama, her father Shema Rao and I have been good friends since school. What can I tell you about Anupama? She is so talented. Anupama tried to stop Dr. Desai. Uncle, please, don't talk about me. Just buy the tickets. This is more than enough for me. But the doctor would not be stopped. Anand, you cannot imagine how versatile our Anu is. She is a superb actress and an excellent student, always getting the top rank. She even sings Hindustani classical music, which, Karana, do you belong to, Anu? Uncle, enough of my praises. Please buy a thousand rupee ticket. Dr. Desai smiled. Anu, I am a poor man with no private practice. I cannot afford you a thousand rupee demand. Give me two tickets of hundred each instead. The principal is also like me. Give him two tickets of hundred each as well. 
Is that all right, Dr. Rowell? Of course, this high. This is my budget, too. I won't be in town on the day of the show, but my daughter will definitely be there. She wouldn't want to miss your play. The principal responded. Anupama looked crestfallen. The thousand rupee ticket still in hand. Looking at her, this high continued. Anu, don't worry. You can still sell a thousand rupee ticket. Where Anand can afford to buy them all. Anand wondered why he should buy the tickets without even knowing what the tickets were for. Hesitantly, he said, Please give me a hundred rupee ticket too. Anupama had already torn off a two thousand rupee ticket from her book. She wrote Anand's name on it and said, Doctor, two thousand is not a lot of money for you, but for an institution that helps physically challenge children, it is a big sum. They will be grateful for your donation. This is a fundraising program. Please do not refuse to buy the tickets. Please come with your wife to play to our play. Anupama talked like she is an experienced saleswoman, and when she held out the ticket, Anand felt too shy to refuse her. Hey Anu, Anand is not married yet, though there is a big line of hopeful women in front of his house. He wants to marry someone of his choice, and who that is? Nobody knows. On his behalf, I will guarantee that he will come. Dr. Desai concluded. So yes, guys, that is it for today's podcast. I will be continuing the next part in my part 3. So make sure that you go check out. Till now, it is a really, really amazing, interesting story. I totally love this novel written by Sadhana Murthy. And she is so amazing. I'm just so excited to read the whole novel for you. So stay tuned for my upcoming podcast on this novel and i really hope you enjoyed to the fullest thank you so much for listening and take care and bye